Welcome everyone to the Men Are Necessary podcast, where we recognize the importance of having men in our lives, but not just any man, foundational men. With each episode, we are building foundational men. I am Mike Brown, your certified health and wellness coach and lifestyle strategist, and I want to thank you for being a part of the conversation. Now, join me as we build foundational men through knowledge, wisdom, and insight. With that being said, let's move along with this episode. As you guys know, we have been diving deep into the Building the Foundational Man series. Why is this important? Because we have figured out and we have drawn a conclusion that men are suffering alone. Too many men are suffering alone. And the main hurdle that men are facing in their lives right now is not a nagging wife. It's not a terrible job that they're going through. It's not their kids wanting everything from them. It's not ungrateful people. It's not anything like that. The main hurdle that men are facing right now is that they don't know where and how to begin the process of changing. They don't know where to begin that process of changing their hearts, changing their minds, and becoming a foundational man. I truly believe that every man has it in them, that they desire to be better than what they are. They desire to seek more. They desire to change and to evolve as a man. I don't care where you're at. I'll keep saying it time and time again. I don't care if you're at the pinnacle, in the middle, or at the foot of the mountain. Every man desires to be a better version of themselves. Like I've said, the problem is they don't always know where to begin the process. And as this became weighing on my spirit, weighing on my heart, as a man of action, I decided I had to do something about this. And it was then that I realized that God had put me in a position to spend over two decades coaching multiple people from various populations, various demographics, consistently for over two decades. For some time, I thought to myself that this was all worthless because I thought that my life was going to go a different way. I thought I was going to have a PhD in psychology, and I thought I was going to be some great psychologist. But what happened was God put me in the field to, to gather all of this information, to work with so many different people in so many different situations. He allowed me the ability to see all the things that I was being biased about, all the things that I was doing wrong, all the things that needed to be changed. And he knew that there was going to come a time where I was going to be fed up and I was going to have to do things differently. And when I decided that, I still didn't know how this was going to come about. But what I did know was this. I knew that with every person that I worked with, they all desired peace in their life and they all desired some sort of change in their life, a lasting change. We're not talking about 
they go through a, a process and then they're back in the same position a week later. That happens all too often. And I was tired of seeing that. I felt like I was unworthy. I felt like I was taking things personal. And then for a moment, I thought it was all about me. But then God has a way of humblingly humbling you and checking you and saying, remember, this is about me. This is about me. This is not about you. Your purpose is greater than yourself. I have put you in a position to serve others and not just serve others, but I have given you the ability to deliver my message so you can help anyone, anyone. It doesn't matter where they're from. It doesn't matter if they hate you. You have the ability to help anyone because you are working through me. This is why I said I had to branch out. I had to do my own thing. And this is where building the foundational man came from. Why? Because I want to help men not just evolve into foundational men, but I want men to be drawn to lasting change, change that will not fade away, change that won't last just for a week. I want them to have lasting change, and that is only through God. With other companies that I worked with, you couldn't talk about God. You didn't want to bring up those things. I wasn't allowed to speak on that, so I had to speak in code, or I had to say nothing at all. And the more I did that, the more I became more frustrated. And I knew it was time for me to break away. Building the foundational man is built upon God's word. Why? Because I want you guys to experience lasting change, everlasting peace, everlasting joy, abundance of love, long suffering, slow to anger, Handling your, your, uh, your trauma and your adversities with grace. These are all available to you if you draw close to God. I hope all of you are well within your spirits. I know that we go through the ebbs and flows of life. But it doesn't have to be a roller coaster ride. You know how we say life is like a roller coaster? I'm going to tell you something that I might have said, man, that's awesome. I like that idea. When I was younger, I found out about five years ago, I'm done with roller coasters. I don't like them anymore. I thought I was going to die on one of them. And that I knew that was my last ride. If I survived it, that's what I was really thinking. I thought I was going to shoot out of the cart and you were going to find my body somewhere near the alligators. I don't know. Maybe, my body would have been flown into the tank with Shamu. This was at SeaWorld. Okay. Who knows? Maybe I would have ended up with the sea turtles. But that's what I was thinking when I was on this ride of doom. So I don't want my life to be a roller coaster. And I don't want your life to be a roller coaster either. I want you to be on those smooth roads like you see in Florida. I want you to be on the smooth pavement like in Germany on the Autobahn. I want your life to be smooth. Maybe every now and again there's a hiccup. But that's something you can fix. That's easy. You're going to get past that. Maybe 
Every now and again, you go through a trial, but you don't have to sit there and watch your foundation crumble anymore because your foundation has been set on something that's lasting. So when you crumble, it won't be a total demolition, okay? Maybe a little bit caves in here and there, or maybe some shingles go flying off into the wind, maybe some windows bust up or whatever it may be. Easy fix, a little remodel. That's all we're doing. That's how life should be. It should be a remodel here and there. If at all. When you're blessed with the qualities of a foundational man, which can be found in Galatians 5.22, when you're blessed with these qualities, there's nothing that you can't face. See, you can rejoice because in any time, when anything happens or anything comes your way, you know that you have the resources to get through it. That's something to be at peace about. That's something to rejoice about. And I want each and every one of you to have the same confidence when you're met with any type of adversity. That's what I want for you guys. I want all of you to say, you know what, this is not cool right now and I don't like it right now and I'm a little stressed, but I'm, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to think about the whole picture, the big picture, the end game. I'm going to think about all of those things, but I know I'm going to be all right because I have the resources to get through it. I may not know exactly which resource to use right now, but I know that I've been blessed with so many resources that I can figure this thing out. So no matter the situation, how big or small, you know that you have a way out. You know that you have resources or you know someone else with the resources. Galatians 5.22 says, before I read this, I want all you men, all you listeners to listen to this and think about this. Think about, don't you want these qualities for yourself? And don't you want these qualities available to you on a consistent level? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Don't we desire those things? Doesn't that sound like a person that you would want as your friend? Doesn't that sound like a person that you wouldn't mind leading the way for you? Doesn't that sound like a person that is honorable and that you can trust? Doesn't that sound like a person that you can really give your all to because you know that they're going to get things done and that they're all about action and that they have the patience and the love and the joy in their lives? These are the men that we all desire to be. And now, God has blessed me with a platform to share this message so all of you can have these qualities available to you. Now, here's the catch. Here is the catch. The road is narrow. And it's not meant for everyone. 
We all desire to be on this journey to becoming a foundational man. However, not all of us will stay on this path. I hate saying it like that, but it is the truth. But the good thing is, the doors are not closed, right? Because of God's goodness. What a perfect segue into our topic of goodness. See, last episode we talked about kindness, and kindness and goodness go hand in hand, but it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. And I want to talk about goodness in two different ways. All right. I want to talk about how we judge goodness on this earth, and I want to talk about God's goodness. Ephesians 4.2, Philippians 2.3, these are the mottos, all right, for the foundational men. These are the scriptures that you need to hang on to for when you start to question who you are as a man, when you are listening to all the negativity and people are saying that you're not a man because they're comparing you to someone else or they're saying that you don't measure up because you don't have this and you're not doing this in your life. When people are kicking you while you are down, when people are questioning your manhood in any kind of way, when people are telling you that you're not good enough, when people are telling you all these negative things, I can go on and on and on. You know what I'm talking about. When people are discouraging you in your dreams and when people are telling you that you're not capable of doing certain things, when people are are hindering your process on purpose, when people are laughing at you because you're going through such turmoil in your life, when people are, are happy that you feel hopeless, I want you to hang on to these scriptures because this is the motto for the foundational man. Ephesians 4.2 says that with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Again, Ephesians 4.2 says with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves. Both scriptures, hold on to these because this is the foundation of a foundational man. Why? Because we are called to do things that are greater than ourselves. Our path is greater than ourself. Our path is greater than what we're going through right now. Our path is for others to see the glory of God. And this is why these scriptures are so important because we must humble ourselves and realize that it's not about us and that we are not going through simply because we are the chosen one to go through and then God is picking on us or someone hates us or anything like that. We are going through because one, we needed to increase our faith and we needed to increase our ability to persevere and we needed to strengthen us but we also need it to remain humble and gracious through our times of turmoil. Why? Because other people are watching. The people that love you and your haters and doubters are watching. So when they see you go through and they see you make it through, they are witnessing how God can work in your life, but not just in your life, their life as well. You must hang on to these scriptures. These two, 
What does the scripture say about goodness? Hebrews 11:6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. Him meaning God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. Romans 2, 4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? We're going to discuss these a little further. But we must understand and we must be very very thankful that God does not judge us like we judge each other on earth he judges us by our heart and he's able to do that because he knows our hearts he knows it and we we have to be thankful that God isn't a part of this cancel culture that we're living in right now. And it seems more prominent. We've always lived in a cancel culture, okay? I make no mistake about it. It just seems like it's more in your face. Why? Because we have so much access. Anyone can get online and say whatever they want to say. Anyone can get online and complain, complain, complain. Anyone can get online and judge people and be judge, juror, and executioner. Anyone can do it. It's available for anyone to do, and they have the whole world at their hand if they push hard enough. But I want to go back to the very first episode of the Men Are Necessary podcast, and in that episode, we talked about the life of Samson. We dissected why his birth was so special. We dove deep into his shortcomings, and the journey ultimately ended with his redemption. Now, I'm not going to go into total detail about his entire life, but I encourage you to listen to the episode titled The Lone Wolf Mentality, Betrayal, and Redemption to hear the full story of Samson's life. So what do we know about Samson? A little snippet of his life, some of the key points of his life. Well, we know that he possessed great strength, okay? That was part of his blessing. That was how God blessed him. But he was also a judge of Israel for 20 years. 20 years, he was a judge of Israel. See, back then, they didn't have kings and queens or anything like that. They had judges. They were the leaders of Israel, and they were uh, in position to lead the people. He was chosen from the womb by God. Okay, this is very important. He was chosen by God from the womb to lead the people of Israel. So this was not an accident. This was not a kawinky dink, okay? Samson was chosen. Samson was given great strength. But why? why? To help God's people. He was deceived by Delilah, which led to his eyes being poked out and enslaved in Gaza. Samson had some missteps in his life, and he made a lot of mistakes, made some poor decisions, um, became a little too proud of himself. And I, I know that a lot of men suffer with their pride, and they let the pride get the best of them, and so they make some pretty, pretty bad decisions in their lives. But what do we know about every decision that we make? There are consequences to those decisions. 
And Samson faced some terrible, terrible consequences. And you can try to run away all you want. You can try to ignore it all you want. You can think that oh, God doesn't realize and God doesn't care because you don't think that anything has happened to you right away. But you do reap what you sow. And maybe you think that you're getting away with it because what you think is going to happen or what you think should happen hasn't happened yet. Maybe it never happens. Maybe your consequence affects someone else that you care about, which in turn has an impact on you. You see, we will get into this further, but there are times that we mistake God's goodness for weakness, and that is such a misstep. Samson, like we said, made a lot of mistakes. And I want to talk about the time. Remember the time when Samson went to Gaza and he laid up with the harlot and the enemies of Samson, the Philistines, they caught wind that Samson was in town in the city of Gaza. And they devised a plan to subdue Samson and it did not work. And Samson walked out of the city. And as he walked out, he uprooted the gates of the city, put them on his shoulder, walked up to the hill, looked back at the city as to say, hey, I can go wherever I please and you can't stop me. I can do whatever I want and you can't stop me. It doesn't matter what you do. I can come and go as I please because I have your city gates on my shoulder. I can place these gates anywhere I want to. And you can't stop me. Have you ever felt like that as a man? Have you ever felt like that in a, uh, ever in your life? in any situation that you felt like you couldn't be stopped. I know I felt like that on the football field. And I had a chip on my shoulder anyway, but I felt like that times on the, there are times I just felt like that on the football field in any kind of competition. I felt like I cannot be stopped. I felt like when I was met with adversity, when people were coming at me when I was younger and I would get into physical altercations, I felt like I could not be stopped. I felt like there was nothing that they could do to stop me. I had no problem boasting on the field with what I could do to them and what they couldn't do to me. For the most part, I tried to keep silent, but if someone pushed me, pushed me enough, I would start to bark back with them. Like I said, a lot of men, we struggle with pride. We struggle with the ego because maybe we're not getting the attention and the uh, that we think we deserve. We're not getting enough of that. Maybe someone else on the team is getting a little bit more attention, so we have to boast and a little louder, and we have to pump our chest a little further out. We have to do things a little extra. You guys know what I'm talking about. That happens all the time on the basketball court. You're playing a game with your fellas, a pickup game, and uh, everything's going all right. Maybe you're having a terrible game, and you know you shouldn't have the ball in your hand. You know that you shouldn't be shooting because you're one for 20 right now, and then a couple of pretty ladies show up, and they start watching, and you don't know who they are, but they're, they're pretty ladies, and then you feel like, okay, I got to put on a show for them. 
Then you start dribbling a little too much, doing all these fancy passes and fancy dribbling between your legs or behind your back, driving through the lane on a triple team, throwing up some sloppy shot. It accidentally goes in. You look over to make sure that the girl saw you. And then you begin to smile and pump your chest a little bit. And now you're feeling yourself. Then you go try to do it again and again and again, trying to show off for the girls. And what are you doing? Really tearing up your team, deteriorating any kind of chemistry or relationship that you have with your teammates because you wanted to go rogue so you can show off for the pretty ladies that are in attendance now. You cannot tell me that story is unfamiliar because it happens all the time. It's happened to all of us. <laughs> I tell you, when, when the ladies get there, they can be an awesome motivator for, for men. And this is what Samson was facing when he met Delilah. He met Delilah and he was automatically struck by her beauty. Like he'd never seen anyone that looked like this, any woman that looked like this before in his life. She was the prettiest thing he's ever seen. And so he said to himself, I have to have her. He, had, he was so blinded with the lust and the pride that he had no clue. He did not see the trickery that was before him. She didn't even try to hide it. She flat out was not trying to hide that she was going to deceive him, but he was so blinded by her beauty on the outside that he failed to see the hardened heart and the evilness that was on the inside. You see, it's kind of funny when you go back to the carcass of the lion. That was like the reverse, but it was also a foreshadowing of Delilah in reversal. Inside the carcass of the lion were bees and they had made honey and the sweet honey laid on the inside of the carcass. The sweetness of the honey was more appealing than the dead carcass and the evilness that surrounded it. And what did Samson do? He could not control himself. He couldn't control himself that he had to have the honey. It looked so sweet and so good that he overlooked the evil and the nastiness and the decayed body of the lion that he took the honey and he ate from it. With Delilah, he ignored the evilness and the rottenness of her heart. This led to Samson ultimately being deceived by Delilah and he was taken in by the Philistines his eyes were poked out and like we said before the irony was that he was placed in a prison in Gaza the very place where he was prideful and boasted about he can go anywhere he pleases and you can't stop me and now look where he's at with his eyes poked out no strength None of that. He is a slave to be a grinder in Gaza. You see how that works? It goes back to that. Our decisions, we may not see the consequence right away. Samson didn't see the consequence right away. Samson had no clue that he would end up back in that very place enslaved but it happened. We cannot take God's goodness for granted. 
and we must not take his goodness for weakness. We must always, always, always be thankful that God judges us by our hearts. Here's why. Because in our culture right now, Samson would have been left for dead and we would have said he got everything he deserved. He's a rotten person. He has no good in his heart. But see, we don't judge by the heart. We judge by the actions and what we think. We don't judge by the heart. We think that, and this is our own doing. What do we always say? We contradict ourselves so much. When it's you that is being ridiculed, when it's you that's, that people are trying to cancel, what do we say? Well, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. And you guys expecting you guys expect me to be perfect. I made one mistake. I made two mistakes. Maybe I made three mistakes and you guys are leaving me for dead. You guys say that I'm a rotten person. You guys say this is who I am. You guys say I don't deserve a second chance. You guys say I should be canceled here on out. But you guys aren't looking at my heart. I seriously just made a mistake. Right? And we want to say we're not perfect. Oh, but when the shoe's on the other foot and someone else says that, when you're trying to cancel that someone because you don't like what they did and they say, well, I'm not per perfect. And we say, well, you shouldn't have done that anyway. You don't have to be perfect. I would have never made that mistake. I would have never fallen for that. I would have never done that. And since I wouldn't have done that, I have the right to judge you and I have the right to tell you who you are and where you should go and whatever else. You see how that works with our culture? And it goes back to Philippians 2.3. It goes back to Ephesians 4.2. What do those scriptures talk about? They talk about humbling yourselves, humility, putting others above yourself. It's very rare that we see that happening anymore, even with Christians. It's with everyone. I'm talking about everyone right now. It's rare to see that happening when it comes to you feeling like you've been wronged or you feeling like someone messed up on a level that is unforgivable that someone messed up on a level where you ha think that you have the right to judge them, where you think you know their heart, where you think you know them better than God knows them. You see, Samson, we would have said he wasn't righteous. We would have said that he didn't deserve a second chance. We would have said that he deserved to die. We would have said that he deserved to be X'd out of the Bible. We would have said that he didn't deserve anything. We would have said that Samson didn't fulfill his purpose. Because, you know what, I wouldn't have fallen for that trick with Delilah. I wouldn't have ate the honey from the carcass of that lion. That's disgusting. Why would I do that? I wouldn't have killed all those men with the jawbone of a donkey. I wouldn't have 
tried to trick people with a riddle where I only knew the answer, I would have never done any of those things. And because I would have never fallen for those things, I wouldn't have fallen in that sin of pride and lust. I have the right to judge. I have the right to be the jury and I have the right to be the executioner. This is how we think. Why? Because it's all about me. It's all about me. It's always all about me. That's what, <laughs> that's the life that we live in. It's all about me. We don't want to put others above ourselves. Why? Because if we put others above ourselves, then we lose status. We lose power. We, we Then we have to actually look in the mirror. Oh my goodness. Forgive us for live, looking in the mirror. We don't want to do that. Why would we look in the mirror? We're already good enough. In my mind, inwardly, I think I'm perfect. But to show that I'm humble, I tell everyone, oh, I know I'm not perfect. Tell me that's not a game that people play. But when I mess up, I'm quick to tell people and remind them, I'm not perfect. So give me some grace. Give me some mercy. Give me some leeway. This is what we think. Like I said, in short, Samson would have been canceled. But what does Hebrews 11.6 say? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is, <laughs> excuse me, Sorry, in that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When Samson was grinding all day and night, growing his hair back because that was the last thing that, <clears throat> that was the secret to his strength. When he was a grinder, he had time to focus. He had, look at this, look how good. I'm getting choked up right now. Look how good God is right now. Think about this. Samson got another chance. Why? He had multiple chances, but he got another chance to redeem himself. Why? Because of God's goodness. What did God do? Samson made a bad decision with Delilah, and it was an obvious bad decision. But what most of us would think was obvious. She was not trying to hide the game that she was playing. She was not trying to hide that she was trying to de destroy Samson. She was not trying to hide that she was an enemy of Samson. By going back and forth with these these games and these fake emotions that she was showing to Samson. But even though Samson had his eyes poked out, look what it did. Stopped him from the sin that was getting him in the most trouble. Stopped him from seeing the beauty in everything else. Stopped him from the lust. Stopped him from the pride. Losing his strength humbled him. Humbled him. And guess what he had? Guess what he had because he was a foundational man. Guess what he had when he had nothing but time grinding all day and night? He had time to focus on God. He had time to put everything he had into God and to go back to what he knew, to go back to his foundation, to go back to his resources because he knew God. He knew God. And that was his foundation. And that's why. Yes, the Philistines thought they had won. They thought that Samson had crumbled. They thought that he was done for. But little did they know, 
Yes, through that great adversity, through those hurricane winds, Samson's house crumbled, but that foundation was still there. And God gave Samson time to rebuild that foundation even stronger, to build that faith up again to where it needed to be. But look, you know Samson had faith. He had faith. He just had to rekindle that faith. Why did he have faith? Because when he was grinding, look who he went back to. His God. He had faith in his God. You don't go back to God if you don't have faith. If he didn't have faith, he would have said, you know what? God has left me and he hates me and I don't believe him, believe in him anymore. I turned my back on him because he turned his back on me. Samson didn't do that. He had time, time, not to be distracted by all the nonsense out there. He had time to spend with God. Now, that is goodness right there. And as we know, Samson was able to redeem himself because the Philistines brought him into the palace to make fun of him. And he prayed to God one last time. He said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And as he braced himself against the pillars, he pushed with all his might. And he said, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple came crashing down, destroying all in attendance. Samson ended up fulfilling his purpose. His purpose was what? To free Israel from captivity, to free them from the Philistines, but not just free them from the Philistines, to bring them back to God. Now, I might have to say this. Samson's journey might have been a little different had he not made those missteps. But through God's goodness, he was still able to fulfill his purpose. The second, second thing I want to focus on is this. In Romans 2, 4, it says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Now, if you read this full chapter, it's talking about judgment, and we've touched on that a little bit. We, we think that sometimes we're in a position where we are the ultimate judge, and we can cancel whoever we want to. You know, I'm not going to pray for him anymore because he did something, and I don't like that. I don't agree with that. I would have never done that, so I'm not going to pray for him anymore. He doesn't. He's not getting my prayers. Someone else can pray for him, but I'm not doing that. You know, when people are misstepping or mistreating you or maybe they made a mistake in their life, that's when you need to get on your knees and pray even more. For them, for those in, uh, uh, impacted by the decisions and for yourself. That you keep an open heart and a, and a mind filled with God's glory and goodness. Could you imagine if God treated us how we treat each other? Uh, newsflash, I'm going to tell you something. We would all be wiped out if God treated us how we treat each other down here on earth. 
we wouldn't be existing. We'd all be dead. Matter of fact, I mean, let's just be real. When God created the earth and created all of us and saw the mess that we were making of it, now think about if we were the creators. We wouldn't have given it another thought. We probably would have crumpled up everything and threw it away. Definitely wouldn't have sent uh, our only son down to die for us, an innocent man, your innocent son to die for us so that we may be able to have eternal life. So here's another thing to look at. He doesn't force us to believe. He doesn't force us to do anything. Now we have kings, we have presidents, we have political leaders trying to force us to do stuff. Force us to make this decision. You see, that's why we can't get so wrapped up on what's going on down here all the time. We want to get wrapped up and, and kill each other literally and figuratively over political issues and over leadership issues and over these disagreements on policies and things like that. We put so much power and so much stake into mortal men that we forget the goodness of God, that we forget really what we're here for. We forget who is in control and who we are serving. But when it comes to God, we don't want to fight over him, though. We want to remain silent. Well, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. So I'm not going to talk about God. I'm not going to talk about my belief. You know, it makes me feel uncomfortable. So I'm not going to do it. And you know what? My work says I can't do it anyway. So I'm not going to talk about God. Even though God has been blessing you up and down. God has been the head of your life for so long. But you don't want to talk about that. But we're willing to talk about everything else and tear each other down and speak with such passion. Speak with such anger. Speak with such whatever you name it. Dignity and so-called honor. We want to do all that stuff for all these issues that are minor in my eyes and in most of our eyes, really, if you want to break it down. We waste so much time fighting for stuff that don't even matter. And if you spend that time fighting for your own life, your eternal life, think about where you would be. It is important that we do not take God's goodness and long suffering and his kindness for weakness. Because of God's goodness, he gives us the opportunity to repent. He gives us time to repent. Because of his goodness, he he judges us by our hearts, our fullness, everything, the complete package. Because of his goodness, he gives us the opportunity to repent. Why? Because it's washing away our sins. Why, right? We're we're coming to him confessing and then he's forgiving us for our sins. So he gives us the opportunity to repent for forgiveness and to keep moving forward. He gives us the opportunity to have faith in him. 
Why? Because the faith brings forth hope. And when you have faith and you have hope, then you understand that I may not see God personally. I may not be able to see him face to face, but my faith and knowing that he is real, my faith in knowing that when I get down on my knees and I pray to him and I repent and I repent knowing that he is so good, knowing that he has given me the opportunity to do this, to draw closer to him. When that's all said and done, that gives me the hope to make it through whatever I may face in this world. Why? Because I am taking time to build an intimate, intentional relationship with them. And through that, I am learning through his goodness how to be good to others. This is how you become uh, in that situation where you're trying to do good in all situations. This is how you come to that. And it's through drawing closer to God. Why? Because I've just proven to you on our own, we cannot do it. We are not going to do good on our own. We can't do it. We're not going to. Because as soon as someone missteps or, or wrongs us, we want to eliminate them. And we don't want nothing to do with them. We want to judge them and cast them out. We don't want to pray for them anymore. We don't want to do any of that stuff. I don't want to be seen with you because then people might not like me on Facebook anymore. This is why you need to have God in your life. Why? Because you cannot have any of these qualities. Love, peace, joy, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. You can't have any of these qualities without drawing close to God. It is impossible because we are not perfect, but God's love is perfect. God's love is truth. God is goodness. He's all of these things all the time. So when we're drawing closer to him, we're getting a little bit of that. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're getting, we're getting these qualities and they're available to us now on his level on a consistent level. Now the goodness becomes who you are and it's not about the action. You just become good in your spirit. Why? Because you soften up that hardened heart to have the faith, the faith to humble yourself, the faith to go down in repentance and the faith to build upon the hope that God has given us. Just like we say here on earth with each other, don't take my kindness for weakness. We must not take God's kindness and his goodness and mistake it for weakness because it is not. What he's doing, he's being very, very patient. He's long in his suffering with us. He wants to make sure that we have every opportunity to come to him. There's going to be a time where it's going to be too late. But one thing that we cannot say, none of us can say, is that we didn't have the opportunity. I pray that if you have a heart and heart right now, that you soften your heart 
and you soften your heart just by taking these two scriptures that I've given you, the motto for the foundational man, Ephesians 4.2. Open up your Bible and read it. With all loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Philippians 2.3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others about above yourselves. Like I said, this is about the principles. Even if you don't believe in God, I know that everyone can hang on these principles. So start by opening up the Bible and reading those two scriptures and see where it leads you. But it's going to take a level of humility to do it. And I know even for those that may believe and they're feeling hopeless right now, it's going to feel impossible to open up the Bible and begin to read it. But I'm giving you a starting point right now. You see, we make the mistake of, I'm feeling hopeless. I'm going to go read the Bible front to back. We think we're going to go front to back with it in in seven days. We're going to have a full understanding of it, and we're going to just be a totally different person. It doesn't work that way. Why? Because if you read the Bible and you're still feeling hopeless and you have no faith and no belief in it, it's still going to be nothing but words on a paper to you. But when you humble yourself and say, I do believe in this principle, though. I do believe in others above self. So what does it say about others above self? Ephesians 4.2, what more is there to this? Philippians 2.3, what more is there to this? And this is how you begin to draw closer and have an understanding of God's word and have an understanding of how he wants us to operate. But you must first humble yourself. We've all had to do it. Every last one of us had to do it. So I'm not asking you to do something that I haven't done or everybody else hasn't done. Everybody has had to do this. Why? Because you're, we're asking you and we are asked to have faith without seeing. That's a hard concept for us to to conjure up, to to understand. It's difficult. You must get to the point where it says, where you say in your heart, hey, I've tried everything else. I don't know what else to do, but maybe, maybe this is it. I do believe in God. I just need to know more. I want to draw closer. I do. I've walked with God for years. I just need a refresher, a reboot. I've walked with God with years for years, and I uh, turned my back, and now I want to get back on track. I've never walked with God. I never believed in God. I felt like he's wronged me, and I never liked God because I felt like all these bad things happened to me because of him. So it's hard for me to pick up the Bible because, one, I don't understand it, and I don't want to understand it because I don't want to have a connection with him. But... I do understand these principles. I do understand there is a level of humility that goes into life. So I will open up the Bible and I will read these these scriptures. And maybe if there's more that I want to read, I'll read more. And if I have questions, I won't be afraid to, to ask. 
and I'll use my resources. I won't be ashamed for all you foundational men and all you foundational women out there. I, I, I ask that you continue to be, be strong and steadfast. I ask you to be patient when you're faced with dealing with situations that are unfamiliar to you. I ask that you remain with softened hearts and that you have a little bit of empathy. Actually, I lied. I don't want you to have a little bit of empathy. I want you to have a lot of bit of empathy, okay? That's what we need, and that's what we desire to have when we are interacting with other people because we don't know what they're going through. We don't know the resources that they have, but we know the resources that we have And it is on us to share those resources. Why? So we can build foundational men and foundational women and draw them closer to God, which is ultimately going to draw them on our team. And that's all it comes down to. All right. So I have talked long enough for you guys. Didn't mean to talk your ear out. I actually planned on talking for only a half an hour. I thought this was going to be a short one. <laughs> but whatever, it wasn't. So I appreciate you guys being very patient. I appreciate you guys sharing the podcast. Share it. Uh, make sure you follow. Make sure you rate the podcast. Go ahead and give it five stars if you feel like it's deserving. With that being said... Remember that we are in the business of healing and not hurting. And remember to be the fresh water that heals in a salty environment because that's what foundational men do. Until we meet again, my friends.